celebrate this time of year. Welcome. Excited to have each and every one of you here. Ready to kick off a new series entitled, I Won't Survive the Holidays. And uh, if any of you were out on Black Friday shopping, you know that it's dangerous out there. I heard of one lady. She was literally pepper spraying people to keep them back from getting what she wanted. And so be careful out there. Uh, Dougie braved it, and he, he, he had success there. And hopefully some of you also had, had some success this weekend shopping, if that's what you were after. But it is a great time to witness. It is a great time to tell other people about the joy of the Lord. It's a great time to tell others about Him. This is the time of year where CEOs come to church. You say, what do you mean CEOs? Uh, yeah, CEOs come to church this time of year. You, you're looking at me like you've never heard this. CEOs, Christmas and Easter only Christians. That's when they come to church, all right? So this is our time of year to get the CEOs to church, all right? So you invite them and you tell them, hey, it's that time of year where you go to church and I've got a new church, meets up in a theater. You come up there and we'll get you some coffee and some donuts and you sit in a comfortable chair, all right? So I'm glad you are here. Our Bibles are going to be open to uh, the book of Luke, chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. I'm so glad that you are here. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with family. I saw some of your posts on Facebook. It looked like many of you just had a wonderful time getting together, just uh, overeating, and that's okay, and that's all good. My wife and I, we ran our first 5K, well, my first 5K, and uh, so I felt like I could be gluttonous the rest of the day because I ran a 5K. Don't ask me how fast I ran it, just, uh, just I, I, and I won't say that there were uh, elderly people that were literally beating me, but that's okay. I finished, all right? So uh, the person with the walker and the wheelchair did not beat me, though, okay? I pushed them. No, I didn't push them down. Um, but little kids were beating me, okay? I'm not a very fast runner, but I got through it, and it was a great time, and I hope you had a wonderful time as well. Luke chapter number 10, we're talking about I won't survive the holidays because this time of year used to be a time of year that was just peaceful, but it's now gone to stressful, hasn't it? You're stressing out because you got 12 dozen cookies to bake by tomorrow to give to the kids, take them to the school Christmas party. You got three or four Christmas practices or plays that you got to be a part of. You've got Christmas parties. You've got friends and family that they said, hey, we're going to be in town. Can we do an early Christmas? And then you've got all the shopping that you've got to do because you're like me and you like to wait to the last minute because you think you're going to get the best deals and you're fighting the crowds. And man, what, what happened to be a joyful season has now turned into a season where you you're just pulling your hair out. You'll be downstairs in the mall, and you're just like, man, what was I thinking? Just trying to brave the parking lot is a dangerous thing. And so we're going to talk about how I can survive the holidays, and not just survive, because I'm really worried that in everything we're doing, it seems like we're trying to remember all the things we've got to do, but the one thing, the most important thing, is being pushed out of our lives. And through this series, I hope to bring that most important thing back into our lives this Christmas season. And we're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture in Luke chapter number 10. And I'm going to begin reading verse number 38. If you're the new here, the verses will not be on the screen. I forgot to put those on here, but they'll be in your worship guide. And in Luke chapter number 10, verse number 38, the Bible says this. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And she answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. 
And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Verse number four, they basically, Martha, you're you're cumbered, or we can use another word, you are troubled about things that don't matter. It's interesting. um, Whenever Jesus needed food, especially when he was talking to a crowd of 5,000, what did he do? He made some food. Jesus here doesn't need food, but what is Martha most focused on? Feeding Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. If I need food, I can get food. But Martha, you're missing out on something that means infinitely more. And Mary, she's got it. Now, I know some of us, we like to look at this passage and we kind of put down Martha. We kind of look at Martha and kind of, oh, man, we need to be more like a Mary who sits at the feet of Jesus. We kind of put down the Marthas. But I'll be honest, if it wasn't for the Marthas in the world, we wouldn't eat and things wouldn't get done. OK, this is a type A personality. All right. And type A personalities, they just they just busy getting stuff done. All right. The type A personality, while you were watching football and eating, they were the one that was hauling down boxes, making sure the turkey was good. They were the one making sure the decorations are going up. They were the one just busy while everybody else is sitting down. They're just looking for something else to do and they have a checklist and their most favorite thing to do is either check it off or scratch it out that gives them so much joy just to do that or something or maybe if you use a, a, a an ipad version you know uh omni focus or some uh, program you just love clicking that, that that task is done and it's deleted and it's off your to-do list because you're a type a person and before we down type a people and say well you're just not focused on what really matters this is martha's house Martha's house, not Mary's house. And here Martha, she was industrious. She was getting something done. And I thank God for the Martha's. This is her house that Mary's enjoying the food and the benefit benefit of her sister's house. So let's not be too hard on Martha, but yet let's look at some things that, that can help us because I'm afraid that many of us, we are so stressed out this Christmas season. We're just going to be pulling out our hair just thinking, how can I get it all done and how can I enjoy this season? Because you're going through the mall, what's supposed to be a happy and a joyous trip. You're yelling at your family on the way. And instead of really just getting the most out of being with family, it's like, all right, we got to be here. We got to go there. We got to do this. And then we got to sing Christmas carols, joy to the world. And you're just thinking there isn't much joy here to be had because why you're so stressed out. And this morning, I have something I want to help you because many of you are in such distress. But I want you to have a confession that we make this morning. And the confession is this. I won't get lost in lesser things. I will make the most of Jesus this Christmas. I won't get lost in lesser things. I will make the most of Jesus this Christmas. Because that's exactly what's going to happen is lesser things are going to try to pull your focus away. Lesser things. Things that just really don't matter that much. But yet we just kind of get so focused on that. That's got to happen. And so this Christmas season, may it be our confession that we're going to say, wait a minute, I'm not going to focus on these lesser things. I'm going to focus on the one that matters most. But some of us, you're you're so so busy. You're you're so focused on all the things you've got to do. There's no margin in your life. There's no breathing room 
You just feel like, I'm so busy, I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. I'm looking at the end of the year and the quarters and what my boss has on the schedule. And, man, it, I got five weeks left before this quarter is out, before this year is out. And, and, and I got to get it all done. I just don't have any breathing room. And for some of you, you feel like you're drowning under all the weight of everything you've got to do. And you're like, I, I just can't keep up with it. So what begins to happen is lesser things get pushed out of your life or things get pushed out. And sometimes the people that get pushed out is the ones that mean the most to you. It's family. It's the spouse. It's the Lord. It's these things that you don't mean to push them out. But those things just kind of get pushed out in your life. So this morning you say, well, how do I create that space? You're going to have to choose to cheat. You say, what do you mean choose to cheat? There's going to be something in your life that you're going to say, I'm going to cheat that thing. I'm, I'm not going to put as much time into it. But what happens is, and I've been guilty of this, the people we cheat our time on is maybe family. That's who we cheat the time on. I'm amazed at how quickly children grow up, and it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I could go to my kids' games, but no, no, no. I'd rather have some me time. Who are you cheating? You're, you're cheating them. So if we're going to cheat on something, we need to say, wait a minute, what doesn't matter? I could cheat on the fi- football game. I could Tebow that. If I, if I have to miss out on something, I've got to be strategic about what I'm going to miss out on because it's going to be a busy season, and I need to create this breathing room in my life because some of you, you have no breathing room. You're, you feel like, like, like you're choking with everything you've got to do. And I don't want you to go into this Christmas season choking because can I tell you what? If this season is all about Jesus Christ, you're focused on him. If you're drowning, if you're choking with everything you've got to do, you're not going to be a very good witness this season. And it's a great time to be a witness. It's a great time to invite people to church. It's a great time to talk to that relative that you hardly ever see because they live in Buffalo and they're going to be coming out here and you're going to get to spend some time and you're going to be able to witness to them. It's a great time to tell them. But if you're so stressed out, that's the only thing on your mind, you're not going to have any margin to share Jesus Christ. You're not going to have any margin to enjoy the time with your family. So this season, let us once again say, how can we figure out what is the most important thing? Please write this down. Don't let something that means nothing keep you from experiencing what means everything don't let something that means nothing keep you from experiencing what means everything so what in your life means everything and for some of you you may have to reevaluate that you may have to say wait a minute is jesus is it you that means everything am i making sure that you're first and foremost in my life if i had to put another title in this message uh i've entitled make the most what matters most but I would put this title on it. I'd put stretched, but not stressed. I'm stretched, but I'm not stressed. There is a way to be busy. There is a way to be stretched, but not stressed. I meant to get a bunch of rubber bands. I bought them. I just, it just occurred to me as we were sitting down there. I had some rubber bands to give out to you. And uh, what's interesting about a rubber band, it is no good unless it's stretched. The rubber band doesn't do you any good unless it's stretched. Once you stretch it, then it's good. Now, it does have a breaking point, and you do have a breaking point, but there is, you're no good unless you are busy. The person is just saying, ah, I'm not busy. I don't do anything. I just kind of have all this time. But this season, it's going to be okay to be stretched, but we're going to deal with the stress. Notice first and foremost, though, if Satan can't make you bad, then he'll just make you busy. He'll make you busy. In Mark chapter number four, we see an interesting passage of scripture. Jesus is teaching a parable. And in this parable, he's talking about that there is a sower that goes out to sow the word. And these are they by the wayside. And when the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. 
And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and some endure but for a time. Afterward, uh, affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And then verse number 19 is the key verse. It says, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of all of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. It says the cares of this world. Some of you, it's the cares of this world. If Satan, he, you're not a bad person. He knows he can't just get you out to go out and, and sin and ruin your life and, and do something dumb and sinful where your family would be ashamed and you wind up on the 6 o'clock news. He knows that you're not that type. But he knows the best way to get to you is just to get you busy. So busy, you don't have time to think about God. So busy, you don't have time to think about your spouse. So busy, you don't have time to think about your devotion to God. He wants to get you so busy where you're looking back and saying, you know, I would love to make it to church. I just don't have time. I was talking to my dad. He's a pastor. And he said, you know, son, we battle in a day and age where Sunday used to be the Lord's day. He said, it's no longer the Lord's day. We're down to it's the Lord's hour. He said, that's where we're at. He said, everybody I talk to, I'm just in just an hour. Can you give God one hour on a Sunday? We're in a generation where we need to pray for each other because it seems like how busy we are on Sunday. We're thinking that's the one day I can catch up. It's one day I can get the homework done. It's one day I can get to the store. It's one day I can help the science project. It's the one day I can have a walk and some time with my spouse. And it's that one day. And now now God's day has become God's hour and God's hour is being squeezed out pushed out because satan realized the trick he said hey, this is what i'll do they're good christians they love god they're not going to go and shoot somebody and rob a bank but i'll just keep them busy i'll get them busy and what was martha doing she's busy was she doing anything bad absolutely not she's cooking man that's good amen for cooking Amen for the ladies that this Sunday or this Thursday you were in the kitchen or you men that were in the kitchen cooking up a good feast for everybody. That's a blessing to others. But Satan's goal is to say, hey, I'll just get you busy. So busy where your wife is going to feel like, man, you just don't love me anymore. Or your kids just grow up and think, yeah, my dad just kind of punted on his responsibility. He just wasn't there. Yeah, I know he lived in the same roof. I know he was there, but he, he wasn't there. He was emotionally absent. As soon as he came home, sat on the couch, pulled up the remote, and that's my memory dead. Why? Because we're so busy that we're missing out on what's most important. You see, life, time is measured in minutes, but life, is measured in moments. And some of you this morning need to repent and say, God, am I missing the moments that matter the most? Am I missing what you have for me? Am I missing something bigger in my life? God, you've got something so great and so wonderful. But God, there's these moments and I feel like I'm missing out because Satan has won. He's got you. So if Satan can't make you bad, then he'll make you busy. Martha was busy but was missing out on the blessing. She's so busy, she's missing out of the blessing of being at the feet of Jesus. She's missing out on hearing the teaching. She's missing out of this time to be with him. She's missing out on being encouraged and being blessed. You know, sometimes I worry about Christians because I feel like in a new church plant, we've got some of you just too busy where I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing, where sometimes maybe we should just, and I've had these thoughts, maybe we just don't have nursery in the children's ministry. And maybe we just bring all the children in and bring all the babies in and, and let them cry just so we don't have people missing out on, on this. 
and not missing out at not that it's what I have to say, but it's what God's word has to say. And it's so important that we need to receive it. We need to hear what God has for us. It's so desperate in our day and age where it seems like there's so many cares of this world that are choking you that are just getting your distraction, and they're not bad things. Your job is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It pays the bills. There are good things in your life, but it seems like they're just choking out your margin where you feel like you're so busy. So Martha was busy, but was missing out on the blessing. You know, in our day and age where it seems like we've gotten really good with our planners and our schedules and our timers, and we've got our iPhones and our iPads, and everything's electronic and synced up, and everything's just so easy and so accessible, I've realized something. Some of us are insignificantly efficient. We're insignificantly efficient. What we do, we're so busy at, we're so good at, but it doesn't matter. I was so proud of my 17-year-old brother. We were talking. I was like, hey, Jonathan, how are, how are you doing at Halo and some of these video games? And he said, I gave those up when I was 13. I said, no way, man. High five. Good for you. He's like, yeah, I just focus and I read and I do some other stuff. And he's not a perfect teenager. But he said, why am I going to spend all the hours doing that when it's not going to matter? I was like, man, I wish when I was 13 I was like that. And it was so brilliant. We had these good conversations because I was like, man, look at you. That's a sign of maturity because you're saying, hey, I'm not going to become uh, uh, efficient at something that is insignificant. And maybe that's some of our lives this morning. We need to take inventory and look at our own hearts and say, wait a minute, this holiday season, I can do a lot and I'm really good at a lot. But what just doesn't matter? I'll be honest, I didn't grow up in a wealthy home, didn't grow up in a very, very uh, 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 influential home or anything like that. But, you know. Our Christmases are very low-key, very low-key. Uh, and I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for me. We would have Christmases where on Christmas Day we'd get our tree because it was free. We would uh, share presents and that type of thing. And I look back on it and you think, wow, man, were we, were we really poor or something? And uh, I look back and I don't think, like, I missed out. Isn't that funny? My kids get so much stuff every year. My wife has to, when they're playing, that's when she'll get their old toys and take them and donate them. I got so much stuff. And I look back and I think about those Christmases and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm actually really thankful for those simple Christmases. Where, yeah, we didn't wrap up all the presents. Yeah, we didn't travel to 30 or 40 different homes and try to have all these parties. And, and it wasn't going broke to buy these presents we couldn't afford for people that we really don't like. No, it was, it was just simple. Because we just said, wait a minute, we're just going to focus on what matters most. We're thankful for the simple things. A healthy family. A roof over our head. A family that loves each other. A church that loves each other. Simple things. See, Martha's missing out on these blessings. Because why? She's not bad. She's just busy. And you're not bad this morning. You're just too busy. And for what? Take some own, your own inventory. See, there is a danger of distraction. I try to be a very focused person, a very driven person, and sometimes that gets me into trouble. But I usually can stay pretty focused. Nice shirt. I like that. That's really, really. He missed it. Never mind. These guys, you guys are, we need to wake up this morning. I'm talking about focus and everything. But you guys are like, well, I'm just waking up. When it comes to focus, you try to stay very focused. But what happens is you and I can get easily distracted. That's what's happening as well. Not only we're we just busy, we're just distracted. 
There are things that are happening around us where we just get easily distracted by other things. I mean, there is a danger in distraction. The French um, had a name for an old school torture that they would do. And I know it's kind of morbid to talk about torture in church. But what would happen was when uh, in the, a, a long time ago in the country of France, they would have this torture where they would take a guy and they would tie his four limbs to four horses that are facing different directions. And then they would just beat the horse and the horse would take off. And that's how they would execute the guy. Well, what's interesting, you say, well, how did... How does that fit? Now that I've got this really gross mental picture, thank you very much, Pastor. That's a blessing. Uh, how does that fit? Because it's interesting what they, what they called that torture. They called it distraction. Distraction. And some of you are dying because of the distraction. It's death by distraction. You're being pulled every which way. And you say, I'm dying here. I'm dying. I have no margin. I have no time. I'm stressed out to the max. I got ulcers. I'm popping uh, 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 some anxiety pills just because I got so much going on and I can't keep my calm. And, and, and I've got to have caffeine. I've got to have monster in my caffeine. And I've got to get something to kind of equalize it. And I'm just, I'm just going. And it's distraction. It's just killing you. It's all around us. There are so many things in this world that will just distract us. And we're dying because of the distractions. And so Martha, she was so busy and she was too distracted to focus on what mattered most. And Jesus was in their, in their midst and presence. And here we're in March, uh, Luke chapter number 11. And just a few chapters later, we're going to see that, that, that there are things that matter more. She's going to lose her brother in a couple chapters. And instead of spending time what matters most, she's so busy doing what doesn't matter most. And she was missing out on the blessing. You see, not only was Martha busy and was missing out on the blessing jesus was trying to teach that busyness can lead to barrenness busyness can lead to barrenness some of you you say well i like being busy and i'll be honest i like to be busy when there's downtime in my life that's when i personally just get into trouble i do dumb stuff just waste my time Downtimes aren't real good for me i just can't sit still i've got to be busy when i'm sitting still some part of me just constantly keeps moving i just keep moving i'll stand my fingers my uh bump my leg or something i'm just uh, i gotta keep going i just can't sit still and when i get sit still i can get into trouble just waste my time do dumb things staying busy but what happens is jesus is warning here it's not necessarily against busyness it's the balance of the two that's what he's trying to teach. He's trying to say that you can be so busy that you're going to be barren, that your life will be fruitless. And some of you, you're like, I'm, I'm busy doing so many things. I'm busy taking my kids to every game, taking them to every event, taking them everywhere, but yet we still have a horrible relationship. I'm busy doing all this stuff for my boss, and man, they, they just still just treat me like I'm just a, a doormat. Busy but barren. Busy but barren. You say, what's the cure for that? The psalmist talked about it in Psalms 42, verse 1. He said, as the heart panted after the water brook, so my soul panted after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I appear before God? You see, in our hearts, there is this dryness that can happen. And the psalmist is saying, I'm thirsty because I'm dry. There's a bareness in my soul. And he said, only you can bring that blessing back. Only you can take care of the barrenness. And for some of you, you just think this activity will 
eventually have accomplishment. And you're looking around saying, I'm not seeing the accomplishment in all my activity. I'm busy, but I'm barren. I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not seeing any blessings from this because I'm so busy. And as we get ready this season, as we prepare to be a blessing to others, it's a great time to stop and say, wait a minute. What is going to be most important this Christmas? We can't go to everybody's Christmas party. We won't go to everybody's Christmas party. I can't afford to buy all of our relatives great presents. We may have to do something a little bit more simple. Pinterest. We may have to knit something. We may have to make something. We may have to get a little bit creative this year. We have to take some inventory. And what can we do? Because we can't just keep going because we have no more margin. We have no more room. And on the way to grandma and grandpa's, I'm tired of yelling at the kids and screaming at the spouse because there's so little margin. We're so stressed out because we're late and we didn't get the stuff. And now we're, we're just ruining everything. Instead, I'm saying, wait a minute. What here can lead to fruitfulness? We see there is a tension between work and worship. But we've got to manage that tension. There's that tension. Here's Martha. She's working. And then there's Mary. She's worshiping. And Jesus is teaching that there needs to be a balance of the two. That there really does. And that's where the, and the author James, he said, faith without works is dead. There's got to be this balance. But some of us were all works and we're no worship. And some of us were all worship and we're no works. And there's got to be the balance of the two. Some would say, I would never get involved in nursery and the children's ministry. I just want to worship. Well, that's not right. You're going to become bloated on one end. And some that say, I just work. I don't worship. And then you're going to be on the wrong end of the scale as well. There's got to be a balance of the two. Because Jesus does want us to have times where we worship him And then out of that worship, he says, hey, work. Tell somebody else about me. Get busy doing something for me. We don't work for our salvation. We work because of our salvation. We don't work for it. We work because of it. Because of that love, and I love the song that we heard this morning, how he loves us. Because of that love, now I'm motivated to do something about it. I don't, I don't do it for his favor. I do it because they've lavished their, God has lavished his love on me. Now I want to go tell others about him. I don't go and uh, do stuff for my wife because, man, I just, I just want to in, uh, impress her. No, no, it is out of that love that she's shown me that that motivates me to be kind and loving to her. It's motivated. And for some of you, you're wondering why your Christian life just seems barren because you're not understanding how it works full circle. How my worship then transforms into work. Some of you are just like, no, no, I just want to sit back and just kind of not do anything. No, 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 you're missing out on the blessing. That's part of the reason why you might be barren. Either either one of those may be missing in your life. Maybe this is a time of year to say, wait a minute, yeah. Maybe this is a time of year instead of us going to that Christmas party, we get all those people that we're going to go, and we go down to the soup kitchen. We work. Maybe it's the time of year we make some hot chocolate for some neighbors, bake it next door, or bake them a pie, or do something for somebody else. Maybe this is the year that we do something that, that, that is a little bit different than what we normally would do, because we're going we're gonna to work this year. But we're going to balance it with the worship. We're going to have the balance. And that's what Jesus is teaching in this passage. He's saying, hey, we need to balance the two. But Mary, she got it. Mary got it. Every time we see Mary in the scripture, she's mentioned in this passage. She's also mentioned in John 11, and then she's mentioned in John 12. Every time you see Mary, this Mary, there's three different Marys. There's the Virgin Mary. There's the Mary that was possessed, and then there's Mary, the brother of Lazarus, okay? This is Mary, the brother of Lazarus. Every time you see her, she's always at the feet of Jesus. Every time. 
every time she's at the feet of Jesus, just worshiping, worshiping him. And around this season, as we kind of turn, turn the corner here, I want to end impacted with that thought of worship. That, yes, work is necessary, but there is this worship. And you say, this season, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to worship God. It's, it hasn't been a great time. And that's where Christmas time is going to be a rough time for some. Some people look at it and say, man, this Christmas season, I'm without a loved one. This will be the first Christmas where my wife will be without her grandmother. Passed away this past summer. And maybe you're in that same boat where you said this Christmas will be a different Christmas because there'll be that empty chair. Maybe this year will be different because, you know, uh, things aren't going as well as they did last year. Maybe there's some relationships that aren't there that were. Maybe there's some different uh, financial things that you were used to that aren't there. And so this Christmas is going to be different. But how can you still worship in the presence of Jesus? Worship Jesus for who he is. You see, Mary, when we see her, she's anointing Jesus' feet with oil in John 12. Worshiping for who he is. Because that he is a good God. He loves her. And there she is anointing his head with oil. And wiping, wiping his feet with her very hair. She was worshiping Jesus for who he is. She was worshiping for what he has done. And she was worshiping for what he will do. And going to the cross for her. All that in one picture. You say, how can I worship Jesus? You can worship him for who he is. For what he's done and what he will do. He's doing some great things. But some of us were so busy so distracted but the reminder is this to not get lost in lesser things to look at your life and to say what matters the most it was the 1989 super bowl 49ers they were playing and uh it was three minutes left on the clock the 49ers were down by three points three minutes and 40 seconds some of you will remember this the team's worried they're not sure what they're going to do Joe Montana is just calm, cool, and collected. All around him, there's chaos. The coaches are calling over the mic. We've got to scramble. This is what we've got to do. It's just chaos. But Joe Montana walks into the huddle. And all the other guys, they're just worried. But Joe Montana looks up in the stands and he's like, Hey guys, isn't that John Candy? Famous Canadian actor. Everybody's like, What? It's the Super Bowl. We got three minutes. We're down by three points. And you're talking about a comedian? It's all right, guys. Calm down. It's okay. He then threw a pass that ran for 94 yards, touchdown to win the Super Bowl with 20 seconds left on the clock. You see, this season's going to be real busy. There are going to be people around you that they're going to be losing their heads. It's going to be you to say, Isn't that Jesus? Isn't it about a baby in a manger? Aren't we missing it? Hey, yeah, yeah, we want to have a good dinner. We really do. But you know what? There's something bigger at work here. It's about a baby who came to this earth, not in a throne room, but he came to just a barn. It's okay. We don't have to be that busy because we don't want to be barren. We don't want to miss out on what Jesus wants from us. Let's pray together.